Well, what a great, 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 great joy it is to welcome you again. In fact, Happy New Year, because it's only the second Wednesday night live in 2023, a year of no fear, no fear in 2023, and a year of suddenly miracles. I mean, if you're with me already, type right in there, suddenly, S-U-D-D-E-N-L-Y, suddenly miracles, or you can just put miracle because it's your miracle year. Listen, all this year, we're going to be using Psalm 23, 2023, Psalm 23 as our foundation to live this year in overwhelming, absolute, authentic victory over every iniquity, over every sin, over every trial, over every temptation. You know, I've been binding temptation over the people that are connected with me because we, listen, the Lord's Prayer, right? We're gonna talk a lot about that tonight. The Lord's Prayer, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, sanctified, set apart, completely other is your name. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're going to talk about that. The agreement, how do we get heaven and earth in agreement? I mean, I just saw a story, I believe Sunday morning, about a six-year-old child. Now, you think about only being on this planet for six years. And yet, a six-year-old child showed up to school with a handgun and shot his teacher. Teacher is now in critical condition. I mean, things are pretty, pretty off track. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is currently being done in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our sins, trespasses, our debts, as we forgive those who have sinned, trespassed, and are indebted to us. Let us not fall into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, I've, been, I've been really digging into that. And if we would pray, Lead us, let us not fall into temptation, which is the actual translation. Let us not fall into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We had a whole lot of folks heading headlong into evil and then praying to be delivered from the evil. How about you pray that the power of temptation be broken off your life like you could snap a twig? Let's start, let's go back. Let's do the first things first. We're gonna delve into the kind of prayer God answers tonight. You know the kind of prayer God answers? That's the prayer of faith, amen? The prayer of faith. I wanna talk to you tonight. Again, I shared with you that Psalm 23 is foundational for 2023 prophetically. And I want to talk to you about it being a living psalm. And, and tonight, now get this, we're going to be sharing the pathway to presence. Now hold on a minute. The pathway to God's presence. What, what would you give to know that you could get into the presence of God, virtually instantaneously. You didn't, you didn't have to have a Hammond B3 organ playing behind you. You didn't have to have a preacher that's superpowered. You didn't have to have a program that's always new. You didn't have to be in a group of people, just you in the holy, overwhelming anointing of the presence of the living great God Jehovah. 
I'm going to teach you that tonight. So pay close attention. Don't get distracted by anything or anyone tonight. You got to lock in with this word. Just type that in right now. I'm with you. Just, just type that in. I'm locked in. I'm not going to be distracted. We're going to find the biblical pathway to the presence of God. We're going to begin in the Gospel of St. Luke over in chapter number 11. I'm going to abbreviate it for you. Here's what it says. As Jesus was praying, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. The immediate and instantaneous response of the living Lord Christ was the Lord's prayer. If you're from a Roman Catholic background, that would be the Our Father. So, of course, for those of you that know it as the Lord prayer, Lord's Prayer or the Our Father, Jesus said it this way. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father, oh, I want to start breaking it down, but I can't. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Here is man and God coming together in agreement as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Verse 12. And forgive us our debts, our sins, our trespasses, as we forgive our debtors, those who have sinned against us, those that have trespassed against us. Let us not fall into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom. Ha! In the kingdom, there's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. For yours is the kingdom. I like this part because I've always been a power preacher. And the power, watch, and the glory forever. Amen. Those are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ when his disciples asked him, teach us to pray. They, they, they had a desire to pray. They, they wanted to pray. You have a desire to pray. You want to pray. But listen, if I graded you on a scale of one to 10, how much does the reality of your prayer life match your desire to pray? Chances are they're pretty far apart. You desire to pray. You want to pray. You know you have need to pray. You know God commands you to pray. And yet, Mm, you don't really pray. And there's a reason for that. They wanted to pray like Jesus did, but they couldn't do it. Do you know why they couldn't do it? They couldn't pray on their own, and neither can we. So we have to learn. The disciples said, teach us. So I've gone to God, and I've said, all right, Teach us, number one, to pray. Whom, to whom do we pray? Well, here's the scripture. We must pray to our Father. That's who we pray to. You pray to the Father. Did you get it? You pray to the Father. Now, you're well aware that God is three in one, a Father, a Son, and the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, these are the words of Jesus. You pray to the Father, all right? That's who you pray to. But how do you pray? Well, Jesus said in John 16, 23, in that day, meaning this one, you will ask me nothing. 
For truly, truly, I say to you, that whosoever will ask who? The Father, that's who you pray to, how? In my name. So we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, right? Now we get these little chivalrous of tradition going on, this little, this little, and Jesus, we ask you, and Jesus, we ask you, and oh Jesus, and oh Jesus, and we're just, you know, doing that repetitiveness, and, and God's just, God's just not, he's not tuned into that. We pray to the Father, and we pray in Jesus' name. What else do we need? What's the third ingredient? Well, the third ingredient is this. We pray by what power? Unction. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities. For, here it is. We know not what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Another translation says, inarticulate speech. So we pray by the power of the Holy Ghost, we pray to the Father, and we pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Since January 1 of 2023, in this very tabernacle, the Holy Spirit came like a rushing mighty wind, and he had me begin to call people out regarding businesses. And that same anointing, what gets in the head gets in the body. And I began to lay hands on people and believe God with people to start new businesses and that in 2023, whatever business they had truly begins to increase and multiply. If you have a business, type it in right now. Type the name of your business in right now. Do it, do it, do it. Because all this year, I'm going to be praying for your business. God wants his people free from debt. And the best way I know to do that is, number one, don't go into debt. And number two, number two, have a business. Have a business. You say, well, I work a nine-to-five job. Well, you got the whole rest of the day. You got the weekend. Come on, do you want to be a paymaster? Do you want to increase? Whew. God, grow your business till you wouldn't have to do that other job. Amen. God wants to do it. In 2023, the power of agreement is going to become compulsory. Compulsory, did you get it? Agreement is compulsory for two things. The advancement of the kingdom of God and of his Christ and for our individual authority. Division is the language of weakness, or separation brings weakness. The first banana to leave the bunch gets skinned. But agreement is the language of concentration or strength, right? So I already shared with you, I preached it across America in 2004 and 2005. The greatest number of people focused on the smallest point of agreement yields the greatest result. I was trying to get folks to come into agreement to take, now this was in 2004, 2005, to take a stand for marriage as the union of a man and a woman. You wouldn't think that in America you'd have to do that, but I did. I tried to get them to focus on a point of agreement. Now watch this, Matthew 18, 18 to 20. You've heard it before. Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. But watch me, watch me. I'm gonna show you something you've never seen before. 
Verse 18 doesn't belong to you. That's verse 18, Matthew 18, 18. That doesn't belong to you until verse 19 comes into being. Again, connecting it to verse 18. I say to you that if, now he's going to show you how to get it. If two of you, where? On earth, agree. On earth, as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them. Just stop right there and shout. Type in glory. Type in bless the Lord. Type in thank you, Jesus. If any two of you on earth shall agree, touching anything that they shall ask. Hold on now. The only qualifier is that you ask. But you have to know how to ask. You ask the Father in Jesus' name under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to teach you way deeper than that tonight. We're going deeper. It shall be done for them by my Father, which is where? Heaven. That's the agreement between heaven and earth. Four, wheresoever, two or three, 23, two or three of you are gathered together in my name in 2023, there I am in the midst of them. There it is, two, three, 23. Now the number 23 in Hebrew is kaf gimel, kaf gimel. That's what it means in Hebrew. And it means death, ha, get ready to shout, and resurrection. Death and resurrection, 23. So some stuff's gonna die in 2023 and some other stuff is gonna resurrect in its place. Kaf in cursive in Hebrew is drawn like a shepherd's staff which leads us again to what? Psalm 23. And it's signified by an open palm in the act of lifting up from death. Somebody ought to be shouting right now. Now, let's zero in on your prayer life. It is an absolute tragedy, a travesty, to make the mistake of thinking that in our own human hearts, we can pray alone. True prayer, true prayer is not confessing the will of our own fleshly minds and hearts. Prayer is so much more than that. It's not your wish list. Our prayers cannot be centered around us. Hear me. This is going to bring resurrection life to you. I'm going to help you find your way into the very throne room and presence of the living almighty God. In order to do that, our prayers must contain and obtain the divine presence of God. Now, this question that was asked by the disciples of the Lord Jesus and his immediate, without stuttering or stammering or missing a breath, his answer was in no way trite, It was not dispensable. It was not casual. They were experiencing, I don't even know how to explain it better than this. They were were experiencing the deep anguish, the pain of having the desire to pray as Jesus prayed and yet having no revelation, no divine unction for them to do so. They're speaking to God was in words. You ever feel like your prayers didn't get any higher than the ceiling? Well, maybe they didn't. Now other preachers, they would disagree with that, but 
I'm here to tell you that a lot of words that we call prayers, number one, are complaints. Number two, they're just selfish requests. And they fall by their own weight. This, this, my precious brother and sister, this right now, what I'm sharing with you, that's why I want you to share with everybody right now, is a matter of life and death. It's that crucial. It's that critical. I'm going to make a statement. I want you to forever remember it. The only pathway to the Father is through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And if that's true, then who better to teach us the way, the method, the mechanics? Hold on now. I want to slow down with you. We are in passionate pursuit of the presence of God. So were the disciples. They watched Jesus pray and they saw the presence of God our Father all over him. And so they said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. You know what Jesus said? Watch this. Three things. I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. Now look at this. Look at this. John 14, 6. I am the what? I'm the way. Secondly, I am what? The truth. Thirdly, I am the life. Way, truth, life. And as a result of that, No man, so the first part, the first sentence, is tied directly to the second. And the second is, how does a man get to the Father? Jesus said, you can only get to that divine presence one way, through me, by me. But before that, he shows you the roadmap. He said, I'm the way, I'm the pathway. What does the way deal with? Mechanics. What does the way deal with? Come on. Mechanics. Method. He's saying, here's the way. You've got to learn my methods. You've got to learn my mechanics. Through, how do I learn the method, the mechanics? Through the truth, the word of God. And when you get that, the method and the mechanics which you have received from his own words. Teach us to pray through his own words, the Lord's prayer, the Our Father. He said, I will give you this word. And when you get this word, you will find the way and I will be the life. What is that? That's the divine energy. That's the unction to our prayers that lift them up into the very presence of the throne room of God. Now, I wish I had a week to spend with you right there. No man comes to the Father but by me. How do we get there? The way, the methods, the mechanisms, the truth of the word bring the life that is the energy and the unction that lifts you to the Father's presence. Jesus said it. Now in this way, you and I, get ready, because when the Holy Ghost dropped this in my belly, I had a dancing fit. That's right, I have them. Now, through what I just taught you, you and I become authorized to pray with Jesus. Thereby, we get loosed from that horrible feeling 
of the sin of prayerlessness. Anything you enjoy, you do. But to enjoy prayer, you have to be taught by the Lord Jesus. 1 Samuel 12, 23 said, God forbid that I should sin against him by failing to pray for you. Prayerlessness is sin, a sin of omission, the same as the sin of commission. What a thought, <laughs> what a victory, what a joy, what a privilege that you and I could have the living Son of God to lead us to the majestic throne of God there to petition Him and Jesus with us as our personal prayer partner. You remember this? It's one of my favorite passages to preach from. Uh, Jesus at the burial place of Bethany lifted up his hands, not yet nail pierced, and he made an announcement. Here's what he said. Notice who he's praying to. Father, I know you hear me always. John eleven forty two. 42. When Jesus prays with us, you and I possess absolute confidence in our prayers. Let me give it to you from 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. This is the confidence that we have where? In Him, the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. You want to get in the Father's presence? There's no other way to come than the way, the truth, the life. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Watch. So if we know that he hears us whatever we ask, we know that we have whatever we have asked of him. My God, write that down and study it this week. 1 John 5, 15. You know, I still have, and as since you want to run up here and amen, I still have uh, a very distinct accent. Uh, Joni laughs about it. She says I can use a one-syllable word and make three syllables out of it. I, I have an Eastern Kentucky accent. And my manner of speech, you know, is derived from that particular region of America. More specifically, and this is what God spoke to me about, more specifically, it's the vernacular of my father. When my father was alive, the more I, time that I spent back in Kentucky, or especially with my dad, the more my speech, get this, became like his. Some of that twang would drop off of my vernacular, but if I'd spend any time in a day with my dad, it came right back. It's the same with our Father God. You and I learn to pray correctly because God, our Father, watch me, speaks to us through His Word, Word language, and thereby we learn His language. A child learns speech, language, vernacular by listening to its parents. Wait, wait, wait. What did I do when I wanted Ashton Blair, Austin Chandler to say dada before they said mama? I would play with them and I would say this, say dada. Come on, say dada, dada. Before you know it, I'd hear a dada. They learned that, you see. They learned my language. 
As you and I, this is so profound, so powerful, I've wanted to slow down with you. As we declare and decree God's own words, we are speaking God's language. This is the language of prayer. And through this prayer language, we always pray powerfully, correctly, and confidently. We lay aside, you see, the trappings of our own selfishness, our own pride, our often misguided hearts, our at times tormented minds. Most people pray 99% out of their emotions, not the Word of God. You and I, we have to learn. It's one of the most profound truths I've ever discovered. We must learn to pray God's divine will for our lives, for our families, for our churches, for our nations. How? By praying God's own words. Not only individually. I I wish I had 30 minutes right here. Not only individually. We must learn as did the early church from the teachings of Jesus to pray God's own words corporately in agreement. Repeating, rehearsing the words of our Father after Him. With the Lord's Prayer and the Psalter or the Psalms by the power of the Holy Ghost. This is the foundation of all answered prayer and petition, of every answer to every entreaty, to every supplication. Through our agreement, praying as the Lord Jesus taught and continues to teach us to pray. By that, by so doing, we find our way to God's Word, His divine will, and His overwhelming presence. Okay, get this. Get this. Our Bible, our Bible, contains the model prayer. Stay right here. The Model prayer. The, if you ask anybody what universities in Columbus, they will say the Ohio State University. There are to them universities and then there is the university. Well, I'm telling you the model prayer is the Lord's prayer the Our Father. And your Bible not only contains a model prayer, it contains an entire prayer book. The Psalms, or what's commonly referred to as the Psalter, the book of Psalms, God's inerrant, infallible, indestructible life-giving living word must become the basis and foundation for all of our praying from this day forward. Not, oh, hear me now, not the deceitfulness of our own wishes, our own will, our own mind, our own emotions. Not the deceit of false piety. not in the wisdom of our own hearts. God not only spoke his words to us, 
But in his word directs us to rehearse his words, those words before him in faith. What amazing grace that he, without beginning of days or end of life, gives us the very words whereby we speak to him, watch me, perfectly. In response to the disciples' question, Lord, teach us to pray, the Lord Jesus gave them the Lord's Prayer. So if you asked him today to teach you to pray, do you think he would give you a different answer? And yet, because of religion, people will say, well, you just prayed the Lord's Prayer. That's like baby prayer. It is the prayer. Jesus gave it to us. It contains within its seven statements the essence. I, I want to say in its brilliance, but it's beyond brilliance. It's revelatory. It's God. Those seven phrases within them is housed the essence of every prayer. In fact, all prayers are abbreviated within the Lord's Prayer's lines. A whole lot smarter people than me have said this. Let's, let's take the great reformer, Martin Luther. Here's what he said. The book of Psalms penetrates the Lord's Prayer. Watch this. The Psalms, the Psalter, and the Lord's Prayer. Penetrates the Lord's Prayer, and the Lord's Prayer penetrates the Psalms, Psalms of the Psalter, so that it is possible, <laughs> hallelujah, to understand one on the basis of the other, and to bring the two of them into joyful harmony. Look, this is more than, you know, <laughs> this will make a man or woman of God out of you. Jesus, of course, was a Hebrew. A Hebrew. Therefore, he would have prayed as did a Hebrew. What did he pray? He prayed the Psalms. Every day he was on this people planet. Not only that, it was from his blessed lips that the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, proceeded. The Lord's Prayer has been called the touchstone of praying in Jesus' name. And again, the Psalter, the book of Psalms, is the prayer book of the Christian church. And the Psalter, the book of Psalms, belongs to the Lord's Prayer. Next week, I am going to take the seven statements of the Lord's Prayer and combine them to the book of Psalms. Don't miss it. Tell everybody you know. If you ever missed Wednesday Night Live, don't miss next week. Let's look at another great church father, St. Thomas Aquinas. The Lord's Prayer, said he, is the most perfect of prayers. In it, we ask not only for the things that we can rightly desire, rightly desire, not whatever you want, but also in what sequence they should be desired. God's a God of order. You can't just have glory. You have to have government. You can't just have shout. You have to have structure. This prayer, look at this. The most perfect of prayers. This prayer not only teaches us 
to ask for things, but also in what order we should desire them. It is the most perfect of prayers. Let's go to one of my favorites, St. Augustine. He said this, you can run through all the words of holy prayers in scripture. And I do not think that you will find anything in them that is not contained and included in the Lord's prayer. Tertullian, he made it a little more concise. Here's what he said. The Lord's prayer is truly the summary of the entire gospel. I want you to pray the Our Father tonight before you go to bed. I want you to find a psalm tonight, Psalm 23, start there and pray it before you go to bed. And when you get up in the morning, pray the Our Father again, ask the Holy Spirit to pray it through you. And remember this, you are not praying it alone. Jesus is praying with you in agreement with his own words before the throne of God. The Our Father, the Lord's Prayer, is the prayer of the Christian church. It was given to us directly from the loving lips of the master teacher. It's an indescribable, indispensable gift. These divine words breathed upon, inspired by God's own spirit, give us life. The Our Father has been declared by the church of Jesus Christ since its inception. In fact, the very first Christian communities, churches, together in unison, prayed the Lord's Prayer three times every day. Let me suggest that all of us together, through these teachings, begin to do what was alluded to by the great German theologian Friedrich Christopher Ettinger and by St. Augustine and by Martin Luther and by the incomparable German theologian martyred in a Nazi prison camp just days before our troops brought freedom to that very camp. The great Bonhoeffer said this. He said, the Psalter impregnated the life of early Christianity. Yet more important, said he, than all of this is the fact that Jesus died on the cross with the words of the Psalter, Psalm 22, on his dying lips. And we think we can pray better than him? Whenever the Psalter is abandoned, Bonhoeffer said, an incomparable treasure vanishes from the Christian church, and it has. But he says this, this is revival. With its recovery, which I am teaching and preaching to you now, will come unsuspected power. You know what that sounds to me like? That sounds like suddenly miracles. You know what that sounds to me like? That sounds to me like revival if. Here it is, the basis of the book, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If 
my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, there it is. Humble themselves and pray. What does that mean? Pray as Jesus taught us to pray and pray and seek my face, my presence, and thereby turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. So this is what I'm suggesting to you. I'm suggesting to you that you and I right now make a covenant together as great theologians have done that we understand that the Lord, hear me, Jesus Christ prayed the Psalms in his incarnation on earth as historically it's proof and proven that he did. And that you and I begin to pray the Psalter, the Psalms, not to him, with him, in his name, to the Father, in our everyday experience, so that the Lord Jesus Christ praying, Psalm 23, 1. You know that, don't you? Psalm 23, verse 1. Watch this. Watch this. Don't ever forget it. Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd. Watch. God's answer to that prayer was, I shall not want. Did you see it? The Lord is my shepherd. That's the request. I shall not want. That's God's reply. Watch. I shall not want is the same answer that God gives to us as we pray the Psalter in Jesus' name and with him in agreement with us at the throne of God, saying God's words to him, thereby praying perfectly. And when we do, his answer, ha, get ready to shout. His answer is always yes. Second Corinthians 1.20, for all the promises of God in Christ are yes. And in him, in Christ, amen, so be it. Unto what? The glory of God, the manifested tangible presence of God by us. Perhaps the greatest of all avenues for us to gain access into the overwhelming glorious presence of God himself is through praying the Psalms in Jesus' name. Remember, not only individually, pastors listen, but corporately as the body of Christ so that as the living God of heaven and earth has spoken his mighty word to us in the Psalms, in the Our Father, which we hear and declare back to him in prayer and in praise, in lamentation and in worship, but always in the name of Jesus, then it is God himself speaking and Jesus himself praying through our lips. This is agreement of the highest order exemplified in Jesus Christ. Agreement between heaven and earth, God and humanity. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven so in earth, Matthew 6.10. Through studying the Psalter, we're going to discover, one, 
that true prayer is based on God's own word. We should and must pray his word and its promises. Number two, what we should pray. We should pray the Psalter, the Psalms, the words of God, the prayer book of Jesus Christ and the Christian church, not our selfish desires and hearts, but in the strength of God's spirit. Number three, when we pray the Psalter, the Psalms, we join in unity in the aggregate of the entire body of Christ in agreement. Number four, when we pray the Psalms, we pray in Christ and with Christ. Now these four lessons learned are going to produce revival if we learn it and we do it, and I believe you will. Next week, don't forget, I'm going to compare the seven phrases of the Lord's Prayer with the Psalter or the Psalms. So get ready for it. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.